Welcome to Bury the Lead. I'm one of your co-hosts, Winnipeg Free Press columnist Jen Zaratti. And I'm your other co-host, Winnipeg Free Press multimedia producer Aaron Labar. It is cannabis o'clock. Cannabis o'clock. Not literally, because it's not literally 10:20, not 4:20. Exactly. But, <laughs> but that's what we're going to be talking about today, because yes. as of Wednesday, recreational cannabis is legal in Canada. So it's a big old shrug for me, but <laughs> yeah, kind of for me too. Like Jen and I, neither of us are really cannabis users. I'm not at all. Uh, no, I'm not. Really, I'm yeah. not at all either. Um, but it is uh, important it, for a lot of other people. Yes, it's a history making time. So in honor of that, we're going to have free press cannabis reporter Saul Israel on the show today to talk about the kind of first impressions he was at all the open weed stores on Wednesday. Yeah. Stigma, all that culture, good stuff. all that good stuff. What else are we going to talk about? Uh, we were doing a good or gross. Oh, yes. Uh, an on theme good or gross, which we will talk about a little bit later. And we're also going to be, uh, I think we're going to bring back reading, reading watching, watching, listening this week because all the fall shows are back. First, though, how was your week? Um, I was just thinking about it and I couldn't remember anything that I did. And then I realized that I went to Montreal on the weekend and I had just <laughs> forgotten about it. It's cause you were there for five minutes. I was there for, yeah, we flew in on Saturday morning and then flew out Monday morning for, um, my partner's cousin's wedding. They have fall there. I hear they do have fall. It's a lovely season that I wish we had more of. Yeah. Here in Winnipeg, it just skipped it over, but it was really cute. We stayed at, uh, with my cousin in his condo in Montreal and he just moved in and he's in his mid twenties. And it was all hosty and had food in the fridge for breakfast and like Aww. put the towels out on the bed. And I was like, this is so cute. That, and also good, good job. Good for him. I know. And everything was very tidy and clean and I loved it. And then the actual wedding festivities were about an hour and a half outside the city. So we got like full fall and it was so gorgeous. I can't even tell you like, it reminded me of, of upstate New York because obviously it's very close to there. Yes, but, of course. But like reds, oranges, green, trees everywhere, <sighs> hills. I'm jealous. And, oh, it was beautiful. Yeah, I had a great time. I am jealous. It was awesome. I loved it. Um, Back in the summer, we had Brooke from My Body yeah. on the show. I love her. I tried one of her workouts last night. Oh, did you? How was it? It was awesome. The space, her space is so cute. It's on Roblin. It has a bunch of like, because I love my body, which is kind of the slogan. Mm -hmm. So you're moving your body because you love it, not because you hate it or want to change it. And so there's that in like neon, like everything's very Instagrammable. So there's that in like neon lighting and like flaws don't exist behind like the chin up bars. And, but I'll tell you, it's a 30 minute like hit high interval, high intensity interval training Mm -hmm. hit workout. So circuit based and she kind of goes through the different body parts so the class i did was a legs focused leg day leg day (laughs) um i'll tell you there's people in the world who believe that unless you work out for hours it's not effective she gets the job done in 30 minutes i could not believe it it went by super fast sweating sweaty worked super hard no mirrors great. though you said no mirrors which is nice yeah so she's i don't need to see what i'm looking like. no and i know <laughs> that that often mirrors are in the gym so that you can check out your form yeah which i think is important in large classes where the instructor can't correct you right you kind of have to like check yourself out but because brooks classes are small and she's right there she does that right so she can tell you if you're like if your lunge that isn't far like enough fun. or whatever yeah i would do again so yeah i would you can sign up for classes online she offers a million a day and uh yeah body positivity i have to say breath of fresh air
All right, joining us, we have Free Press Cannabis reporter, Saul Israel. Greetings. Hello. Hello. You've been busy. Yes. Happy legalization. <laughs> day yes. two. Yes, to you as well. Yes, it is day two when we're recording this. It'll be day three when it comes out. Um, let's start with that. Like, If there's day... even society left Yeah, I know. If soci- <laughs> like, yeah. So maybe that's a good place to start. <laughs> um, kind of your impressions from day one legalization and kind of... I feel like there's a lot of fear out there that like yeah the skies would fill with smoke and yeah green yeah and apocalypse was nigh. Well, you know, I can only I can only speak to uh, legalization in Manitoba, of course, but I would like to give a shout out. The speaking of fears, I'd like to give a shout out to the Winnipeg police for like the best public relations strategy ever, which was ticketing someone for consuming cannabis in their vehicle at 1 a.m. yesterday, even before the stores opened, oh and God. then and then putting out a press release about it, and they got national media coverage for that. That was, it was the Whoa. number one story on the CBC News site, like nationally, for I much also, of yesterday. I also love how that tweet started. So this happened. Like, yeah. they're just so like, you know. Yeah, I know, I agree. Whoever at the yeah. Winnipeg police thought of like taking that ticket and turning it into like a, you know, a public education opportunity about, you know, we're on top of this. Like, kudos to them. Yeah, kudos to them. Although, I, you know, I guess I, I want to say I feel bad for the person who got the ticket, but it's also like you were smoking weed in your car, buddy. What'd you expect? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And now you're a national news story, so. Yeah, well, they didn't release their name or anything. Yeah, s- smoking in your car is still not allowed. Yeah. <laughs> um, so day one, you were out at yes. some of the stores yes. uh, because unlike... Ontario, for example, we actually have stores that you could mm-hmm. go to. Um, what were some of the just the things that you noticed in terms of people who were there, kind of the mood? Yeah, the mood was really positive. People were in a really good mood, uh, even people who've been like waiting in the cold for hours to get in. Uh, I was really interested to see that it was just like a, a wide range of people. There were, you know, I mean, I think it's fair to say it was pre- predominantly young men, uh, mm-hmm. but there were women, there were older people. There were black people and indigenous people like just and like all these people were standing in line together, just really excited for their first chance to buy weed without breaking the law. And I thought that was kind of neat. Another thing that really struck me was that people didn't want to talk to reporters about buying weed, even though it was legal. Um, And especially the young people, like the people who had jobs, like it was in a lot of cases, uh, the older people who were willing to talk about it. And I had... I was talking about, I was interviewing this one guy who was like 72 at at a store in St. Boniface here. And I was like, oh, I find it really interesting that you're willing to talk about this when so many of the other people in line are like, not only not willing to chat with reporters, but they're like hiding their faces behind like big sunglasses and hats kind of thing. And he was like, yeah, well, that's because I'm old and I don't (laughs) give a, well, I can't say what he didn't give, but he didn't care. Give a bleep. Oh, can I? Yeah. Oh, he said, he, he said, I'm old and I don't give a shit. Oh, yeah, shit's fine. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I was, you know, trying to keep this family friendly yeah. or whatever. But. but that is actually a good segue into uh, one point we did want to talk about, which is stigma. Hmm. Um, do you foresee the pot smoking stigma decreasing in the future? No. No? Not in the immediate future. Um, I think that it's like a generational change that might take decades uh, and you know what? I think a big thing that's going to move us towards getting rid of that stigma is I think fewer people are going to be actually smoking five hmm. years from now. Yeah. You know, I think that people are going to be using vaporizers more and especially vape pens. 
um, or like what you know, it's like basically an e-cigarette for weed. Uh, I think that five years from now, everyone's going to be puffing on one of those instead of smoking a joint. I mean, there'll still be, you know, people who smoke joints, which is like that, which to a degree invites the stigma because it's stinky. You know, people can smell right. it from a way away and it's not a pleasant smell for a lot of people. Well, and I think it kind of exists in that sort of stigma Venn diagram with mm. cigarettes, right? Where people are like, well, this is like gross. It's bad for you. It's a bad hat. Like for those sure. kinds of things that have been applied to tobacco cigarettes for sure um so i think you're right but i do think it will take a while even just based on some of the reader responses we get to certain things we do around cannabis Mm. um i did that how to roll a joint video (laughs) with dylan from tokyo smoke yeah and i had a quite a viscerally angry uh email waiting for me in my inbox this morning uh from a woman grandmother and mother she pointed out who was very disappointed and upset and disgusted and was using very strong language so it's it's interesting that despite it being it's not really different than like a cocktail mixing how-to which we would maybe run in arts and life what what exactly was her objection that you're like spreading knowledge of how to consume drugs or yeah i think so yeah so it's uh yeah, I think it's just going to take... And then there were some people who thought like it was like, oh, this is like silly and super tame. So it's interesting how there's kind of a, a split between attitudes. But you think of how we acted around alcohol like 40 years ago where yeah. you still had to, you know, buy it in a paper bag. And I wouldn't like, know. You, know like, you wouldn't know. No, I wouldn't know. <laughs> but I've heard that uh, that stigma took a long time to to fade. So it, it's interesting. Yeah. And it's... I mean, it's good that you bring up alcohol because I often... I think about alcohol all the time in my job um, and I'm often asking myself the question like would I in the way that I'm writing about cannabis would I write about alcohol in the same way Mm -hmm. you know what I mean because it's yeah it's a product that's like really alcohol is a drug that's really celebrated in our society Mm -hmm. you know what I mean politicians politicians can even get away with using that drug on camera as a way to you know like how does a politician show that they're one with the people they like sit down for a beer beer, or something yeah Yeah, exactly for sure Exactly. And we did also want to ask about the stigma of actually being a cannabis reporter. Do you find that people, I don't know, what has your experience been? (laughs) (laughs) People, I often get the question when I, if I meet someone for the first time, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm, you know, the cannabis reporter for the Winnipeg Free Press. And they're like, oh, does that mean that you're using cannabis while you work? And I'm like, I don't know. Are you high at work, buddy? Like, (laughs) (laughs) like, no, (laughs) you know, but uh, it's definitely the first time I ever had a job interview when the you know the person interviewing me like was like oh yeah so like you you use this drug right and we could have like an open discussion about Mm -hmm. that you know what i mean which i thought was kind of funny yeah it's uh it's interesting even like interviewing like my joint rolling instructor because before it was legal right like it's hard to like be like okay how how do you have so much experience rolling joints? Like, you know, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's just really interesting. I'm sure he was only practicing with catnip until yesterday. Exactly. Exactly. Um, what about like in terms of, um, I had a question and now it is gone. It was on the tip of tip of my tongue and now I don't. I wonder why. Yeah. I wonder. (laughs) Yeah. No, I don't remember what I was going to ask you. I think it was just related to, uh, Oh, I remember. So, depictions of people in media that use cannabis i feel like that is also a really interesting thing that's shifting for sure all our file art for example is from 420 
Yep. You know, so, I was just actually doing yeah. an interview with a guy who's writing a story about this very issue today. Um, and yeah, like, as you said, you know, if, if you search our image database, which is images from the Canadian press and the Associated Press, um, and maybe some local papers if for something involving cannabis, odds are you're, all you're going to find is someone, you know, smoking like three joints at once <laughs> on 420 in front yeah. of Parliament Hill or yeah. something like that. Um, and because that's the only time when people are willing to have their photo taken using cannabis. You know what I mean? Um, I, do you guys know Weed Tube Girl? No. This was kind of a funny... You've definitely seen this photo, but it's a picture of a young woman wearing a toque that says weed on the front and she's smoking a joint and like exhaling and she's kind of in a cloud of smoke. And it's like the single most popular image <laughs> in uh, in any Canadian media coverage of, of cannabis. Yeah. Um, just Google weed to a girl, you'll get it. But yeah, like people are always, I don't know, people on what I call weed Twitter are always talking about weed to a girl. Like, oh, there she is again. She made an, another appearance. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And I was even chatting with our photo editor, Michael Porius, about this the other day. And I was saying, hey, you know, I wonder if now that there's legalization, like maybe we'll just be able to get photos of people using this drug in like a regular setting that's not like a giant outdoor pot fest you know what i mean which kind of brings these right. images of excess and like going yes. crazy yeah or like you know in their full-on like cannabis leaf regalia and yeah like, you know i think because that's not necessarily indicative of the profile of a regular recreational cannabis user. no it's not and in fact there was um i can't remember the name of the group right now but there was sort of a pro-progressive drug policy group that put out these stock images of like people using weed in like a quote-unquote regular setting and they're like media should use this and I think it's a cool idea and I get what they're trying to do but the images ended up looking kind of contrived in my opinion <laughs> you oh, know okay. it's like it didn't it didn't quite work for me either so mm -hmm. yeah I don't know what it looks like to to for photojournalists to depict normal cannabis use I, I think right. maybe we'll see that in 10 years from now. So just to jump back to the sky is falling narrative, uh, I am not a weed user. I am not part of the I think everything is going to be terrible camp. But how how do you think or do you think um, legalization will impact non-weed smokers on a day-to-day basis? I think it really depends on where you live. I mean, the government here in Manitoba, for example, has made it so hard to use yeah, that's very anywhere, true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which isn't to say that people are going to respect that law. Mm -hmm. um, I kind of feel bad for people who don't or aren't interested in hearing about weed right now because it's like everywhere. Mm -hmm. Even I, like I'm interested in the subject and even I've been turning off the radio at points over the last few days because I'm like, I've had enough. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's hard to say. I think for there, there is like definitely a core of Canadian people who dislike the idea of drugs in general and i think some of them might have trouble adjusting to the fact that there are now these drugs are now being sold in retail stores openly and there's kind of nothing they can do about it you know what i mean i i think that's i think people who are against drugs are going to be upset and that's i think we're going to see a play out over the next year because there's an election coming up I think the conservatives are gonna are gonna play with that idea, you know. Like already, yesterday morning they sort of already released their first press release that's officially being like, Justin Trudeau has harmed Canadians by doing this, um, and you know think of the risk to the youth, etc. And that is a message 
I, I would bet good money that you are going to be hearing that message every day as we get into mm-hmm. campaign mode because there's an election a year from now. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, it's just kind of an interesting time overall. Yeah. The So the rules, so we have legalization. Rules vary, though, between provinces. Yeah. So I have seen that people are confused by this. What are some of like what kind of I know and I know you have written many great resources about this. So like where should people go to find like okay here's what you can and can't do. So if we're talking about provincial laws, um, if you go to theleafnews.com, which is our cannabis news website, we have sort of a, a a new feature that we put together. That's like these are the basics about where you can buy and what you can do in your province, like where you can use it, where you can't, how much you can carry. But there are just some like really basic rules in the federal law that apply everywhere, and I could run through those really quickly right now if you if you're into that. Okay, so you can any adult, which is either 18 or 19, depending on the province, mm-hmm. can go into a, a legal cannabis store or purchase from a legal outlet online. They can buy up to 30 grams at once. Uh, the reason you can only buy 30 grams at once is that under the federal law, you can't have more than 30 grams in public. So you can't. Okay. You would be breaking the law by walking out of a store. By transporting it, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You can transport that to your home. You can keep it at home. In almost, almost all provinces, there's no limit on how much weed you could have at home. It is technically still illegal to possess "quote unquote" illicit cannabis. So anything that's not bought from a legal store right. or maybe grown legally. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very hard to see how police are going to enforce that, but it is. It is technically, technically legal. <laughs> and then, yeah, people in most provinces can grow up to four plants per residence. It's not per adult per residence. So no matter, you know, if I had five roommates, we could still only grow four plants. Right. Um, and yeah, I think the other big thing is that you can share cannabis. You can share legal cannabis up to 30 grams at a time. So if I had a legal joint and I passed it to you, that would be sharing. That wouldn't be breaking the law. Or if I grew my own, not here in Manitoba, because we we're not allowed to do that here. But if I grew my own in another province, I could absolutely share my crop with someone, with hmm. another adult. Yeah. But share, not sell. I can't sell. <laughs> yeah. No money exchanging hands on that one. This is awesome. Thank you so much for coming hey, on. Yeah. Anytime you guys want to talk weed, you know where to find me. Yes, we do know where to find You sit right next to us, yeah. basically. So You get to hear all my weird phone interviews that I do. <laughs> I love hearing your phone interviews. <laughs> um, so yeah. So if you weren't aware, we plugged it before, but... Free Press does have a cannabis vertical at theleaf.com where you can find... Is it leaf.com or... Theleafnews.com. Theleafnews.com where you can find all of Saul's work on this. And I think we're going to do, before you leave, a thematic good or gross. Okay. Which is... Well, you, you, you found this, Aaron. Yeah. So this somehow crossed my path. Like the least likely person in the world to have this in their home. Uh, it's called Kush Crush. It's a beer... I think it's by Farmery. Yeah, Farmery. Um, 4.2% alcohol. It's hemp hemp beer, I suppose. Have you tried hemp drink products? Yeah, before? I've, I've tried it. Um, you know, it's funny. Cannabis, the cannabis plant is very closely related to the hops plant. Right. So, it looks similar. Yeah, they're in the same in the picture. They're in the same family. Right. Uh, so, yeah, it's like not too hard to, to use it in the in the process of beer making, I guess. But uh, I haven't heard very many positive things about hemp beers in general. Everyone I've talked to who's tried them has said, this is gross. So we're going uh, <laughs> to do it anyway. It's important to note that this 
this is the the only drug in this beer is alcohol. There's no actually like there's no THC in this beer. Right. And it would in fact be illegal to have a product containing both alcohol right. and cannabis. I like I put I use hemp hearts. Oh yeah. Like in my smoothies. Yeah, they're but delicious. I, I don't necessarily enjoy them on a salad. Like they do have a weird oh, flavor I, to uh, me. I mostly eat them on salads. Yeah. yeah. And you like the the flavor? Yeah, and in, and yogurt and such. So I just poured this. I'm not too keen on the smell. Oh, it smells vile. Yeah. <laughs> or foul is my favorite word these days. It's like weirdly sweet, like kind of almost citrusy. It kind of smells like throw up, to be honest. Oh, it doesn't taste much. Yeah, sorry, Farmery. <laughs> it's, I don't like it, guys. I don't like it. Oh, no. And it's got a... It tastes kind of skunky. Yeah. It's bitter. But not in the way that... Yeah, not in the way... Not in the cool way that beers are better these days. I wish that everyone listening could see all of our faces. There's a lot of deep scrunch on the nose. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's not 4.2% alcohol. It's 4.20% alcohol. Oh. You see what they did there? uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I can't say that I would uh, ever purchase this. Yeah. I also just don't... You know what's really funny is looking at this. It's like it's this bright purple can and with green. this like green, yeah. mo- like this green sort of weed motif and like Kush Crush in this funky lettering. You couldn't. You could. This kind of packaging would be so illegal for actual weed. You could, oh, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No way. This would. This would pass muster with the government regulator, right? That's it's really like because it kind of looks like something like. like uh, this looks to me enticing to children. Well, yeah, it looks like an energy drink. Almost. Yeah, it's yeah. like cartoony. Exactly. Very bright. Oh, absolutely looks like an energy drink yeah. like yeah yeah that's uh that's interesting and i actually didn't realize that the packaging was so strict but i guess it would be yeah because it can't yeah yeah makes sense i mean did i i showed you guys the the legal cannabis packages from yesterday did you see those that we that we i didn't see them we no. got a few yeah i don't i don't have it on me now or i would show you but yeah that's like it's pretty boring it's got big government warning labels <laughs> and when you when you compare it to alcohol like bring us back again to that cannabis versus alcohol topic like Man, it's a world of difference. If we packaged alcohol like we package cannabis or tobacco, man, well, yeah, the industry like would a large have a part of alcohol sales is based on what the bottle looks like, For right? Sure. And the label, so For sure. Well, and it's so lifestyle, but in a completely different way. So uh, this is a topic that I've written and talked about a lot because it it and I love wine. Like I'm in a wine club. We have our wine tasting on the pod. But it does bother me, this whole like wine mom and like wine for ladies and you need wine to yeah. survive your life narrative. Wine o'clock. Yeah, yeah. The fact that that can be so. And yet, could you imagine if Etsy started retailing like cannabis o'clock stuff? Like it just, it it's probably coming, but like oh, I can't imagine I'm it now. I'm sure it's already there. Although I guess cannabis o'clock is really just 420, so. Yeah. <laughs> you, you don't expect me to drink the rest of this. Oh, no, you? absolutely not. Absolutely not. So I think that's a resounding gross for that one. Um, sorry, Farmery. But uh, yeah, thanks very be, much. They should be sorry for us. They should be sorry. <laughs> um, but thanks very much for joining us hey, again. Thanks for having me. Um, social media, where can people find your... Uh, I tweet a lot about weed at Saul underscore Israel. So S-O-L underscore I-S-R-A-E-L.
the last segment of the show. We're going to bring back reading, watching, listening uh, because it's fall. And all you want to do in fall is stay at home on your couch and watch things on TV. Read, watch, and listen. Yeah. Specifically watch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because we I'm talked, doing... we focused on A Star is Born last week. Yeah. Which wasn't really a reading, watching, or listening. But I mean, it was a lot of watching. It was a lot of watching. But, but I'm reading and watching. Oh, look at you. Not well listening to, but that's <laughs> what an just... intellectual. <laughs> I know. It's because um... we're wearing glasses. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll do reading first because I'm Kay. in my book club. Oh, yeah. And this month's book is Joan Didion, Blue Nights. Oh, yeah. I haven't read that one. Yeah. So I'm about halfway through. And as I described it to my friend, like, it's sad, but it hasn't hit, like, the sad, sad part yet. Right. So um, I'm just kind of bracing myself because, like, you know at the beginning that it's about her daughter who dies. So you're just kind of the whole time you're waiting and waiting to see like when it happens. Yeah. When it happens. And so uh, I'm enjoying it, but it's like I feel very tense when I'm reading it. I've read The Year of Magical Thinking, which mm-hmm. is about her husband's death. Yeah. And her husband and her daughter died pretty close to each other. I, I think, think it was so, like within yeah. a couple of years. Um, and her daughter, I believe, was actually in a coma when her husband died. I haven't got to that part yet. Um, so she wrote, uh, I can't remember which one came first. Year of Magical Thinking came first. But to write book length about grief yes is pretty i mean it's not a long book but still it's 180 something pages exactly but the the fact that she was able what really impressed me with the year of magical thinking was that she was able to do it in a way that yes it was sad but it wasn't depressing it was very like it was just thoughtful it was very thoughtful and it was a very um it was teasing apart grief in a way that didn't feel super self-helpy yeah and it also doesn't feel like she's um, it's just like when you're in the show asking for sympathy right you know or asking yeah. for yeah it's it's very um almost like an arm's length away from it mm-hmm. if that makes sense like it's much more uh a, a point of view of looking inward on it as opposed to being in it and yeah speaking about it that way yeah which i enjoy a lot um and then for watching you know i love my true crime yes I talk about this all the time yes uh making a murderer season two is coming out today on netflix and because we work in the media, we get sneaky peeky screeners, which sneaky is the peekies. favorite thing in the world. So I watched the first four episodes already. And I'm working on a story right now, which if it ever gets finished, I'm having a hard time doing this. <laughs> it will be in the paper on on Friday if it ever gets finished. Um, but yeah, it's it's not as it's not as sort of um, exciting as the first season because that's like the whole trial and the story. Right. This is the post-conviction process of okay. like filing appeals. So a little bit more procedural. Yes. And it focuses more on sort of the impact on their families. Um, Because guilty or not, someone going to prison is going to have an impact. Right. On their families. Right. Just being away and and the stigma that comes along with people who assume that they're guilty. I don't, you never really find out either way. How could you know? But um, yeah, I'm not enjoying it as much as I enjoyed the first season, but I think everyone was still going to watch it and binge it, I'm sure. I am also watching a sneaky peeky screener right now. The Chilling mm. Adventures of Sabrina. Yeah, I started the Is first chill- episode. Chilling Adventures? I Something Chilling? like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, all I know is that it bothers me that it doesn't have a the. But basically, Sabrina the Teenage Witch comic that ran in Archie Comics. It's very dark. And it's interesting because a lot of people our age are familiar with the Melissa, Melissa Joan, Joan Hart. Hart version, which or was, as my friend calls her, Melissa Joan Fart, <laughs> um, which was very bewitched in tone. Mm-hmm. So very sitcom-y, very, you know, mm-hmm. this is very dark. Like, it is. I wa- Yeah. 
Yeah. I don't know if I like it only because I'm so attached to the the 90s, 2000s version. Like it's actually, I love Kiernan and Shipka. I like I watched her grow up on Mad Men and mm. as most Mad Men watchers did. Um so I think she's an excellent Sabrina. Um but yeah, it is interesting how so different. Yeah, how and kind of scary. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz we started watching it and all of a sudden someone's got like scissors in their throat. Yeah. And I was like, I did not sign up for this. Like, yeah. So it's kind <laughs> of like it's even dark like Riverdale is a dark show. It's the same yeah, even though I don't watch Riverdale, I feel like the tone is similar. But it's not as dark as Sabrina. Yeah. Riverdale is a little bit more like winking Canadic. about what it is. Yeah. Um, but it's good. It's also got me thinking just about witches and how they seem to be having a bit of a cultural moment right it's now. Like, it's like how vampires were 10 yeah. years or 5 years ago. Yeah. And yeah. I, I wonder if it's because women are just kind of craving the idea of a coven. Yeah, and having you know, power. Like a, yeah, and power, mm-hmm. and they delve into that a lot on the show. So it's also how many super episodes have you watched? Um, I have watched two okay. so far, so I'm kind of just starting it. Ten episodes. It comes on Netflix October 26th. Did I ever tell you my Melissa Joan Hart story? You have a Melissa Joan Hart story. I do. She released an autobiography. Mm-hmm. I think it's called Melissa Tells It All or something like that. Um, oh, like Clarissa Tells It All. I think that's what it, yeah, I think that's, I don't quote me on that, but I believe it's something like that. <laughs> so my friend and I. Or explains it all. What was the name of that show? Clarissa I, explains it all. I, I, anyway. I so my friend Kyle in New York uh, and I went to her book reading at Barnes and Noble. And because we're like, we love her. We're going to go buy the book and we are waiting in line to get her to sign it. <laughs> and then someone asks her what her favorite episode ever of Sabrina was. And it was pancakes. The one where she eats all the pancakes. Oh, and that's my yeah. favorite episode. And Aww. so I was like, my favorite episode is pancakes too. And she's like, that's nice. <laughs> and she signed my book and it was great. That's really cute. Yeah. Um, she was really funny. Yeah. I loved that show. The thing that I wish that they had done in the new Sabrina. I'm kind of sad Salem doesn't talk. Oh, yeah. I guess that's true. Yeah. But because I think that would be a little too hokey for what they're trying to do yeah. with this new one. I kind of wish there was like at least like one or two little like winks back to the yeah. series. Yeah. 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 But uh, it's good so far. So I will uh, I'll be writing something about it in for the paper and online. As always, you can find everything that we're working on at winnipegfreepress.com. And also follow us on social media. I'm at Jen Zeratti on Instagram and Twitter. And I'm at Nia Rebel on Instagram and Twitter. And you can email us at BarryTheLead at WinnipegFreePress.com. Yes, ask us questions because we want, Erin wants to give you advice. I do. And also we like to have feedback. If there's something you want us to talk about or a segment that you want us to revive or create, we want to hear it. A pet peeve, something you would like us to like dig into. We're, we're here for we'll it. We'll dig. We're here for you. <laughs> and we'll see you next week. Bye.